0: What's going on everybody? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy the Podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your boy Jevin LeFave. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevon.Lafe, on Twitter at Jevon LeFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. Today I'm bringing on recurring guest and my boy, Tanner Rennick. He talks some NHL free agency the Evander Kane gambling allegations and the Jack Eichel Buffalo Sabre surgery dispute it was a very very fun episode and although the Wi-Fi in my room is not the best so some of the audio might be weird and might cut out here and there zoom might be a bit slow we actually had to cut like we had to pause the meeting like twice and end it and start a whole different one because of how bad the connection was so I apologize in advance if some of the audio the way it goes into another if it doesn't flow necessarily well that's probably where it paused and started again and where we ended it and started it back up so it was a whole different thing I'm actually recording this before I have even attempted to edit it so I, I don't even know how it's going I'm going into this blind but Yes, I hope this doesn't change your decision to listen because it was a very fun episode to record and it will be a good listen. So be sure to sit back and relax for that. And speaking of relaxing, there's a new Kick Back and Relax episode this Friday. Um, I brought Hayden back, back back-to-back KBNRs, and he brought his buddies on and we played a game of Jeopardy. And trust me, it was hilarious it is a very fun show i'm so excited to release it and you guys are just gonna straight up love it so tune in for that on friday um be on the lookout for that and honestly that's enough of me that's enough of my voice for this opening segment let's just get to the episode tom bring us in I think Episode 49 of Left Side Heavy the Podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your host, Jevin LeFave. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevan.Lafave. Follow me on Twitter at Jevan LaFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at left sideheavy underscore. Today I am bringing on recurring guest. I don't even know what you're at now. You're up there though in the numbers. You're up there in the recurring guests, but Tanner Renick, you know him, you love him. How you doing, buddy?
1: Good to be back, thanks for having me,
0: Jeff. Yeah, you really, you made it really easy for uh, booking a guest for this episode. Right after I uh, uploaded last episode, you are like, hey, if you need someone for uh, off-season moves, just let me know. And I'm like, perfect, come on next week. You're... <laughs> yeah, you made it really easy on me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Dude, it's just been such a crazy NHL off season. I just felt like I had to, come on. It's
0: actually been wild and uh, like it was already crazy prior to like the expansion draft. There's all these contracts being signed and then like I this ep- my last episode was being uploaded on like as soon as free agency opened up. So, I was like now it's just going to be a whole week of moves until next episode I record. So, yeah, it's there's a lot to talk about for sure. Not just off-season moves, but just news in general. Yeah. But uh, how's your uh, how's your week been? How was your oh, uh, long good. weekend?
1: Pretty good. I had all this past week off. My brother was in town, so I got to spend some time with him. Did some salmon fishing on the island, which was fun. And then we just went back to the island actually this past weekend and hung out with some friends, so it was good.
0: The weather's been nice this weekend. It kind of it trickled down a bit and here like on saturday for like a minute and then it was just like yeah it's kind of muggy but it was still like like tolerable which was nice can't complain yeah
1: yeah i went golfing on saturday and it started to rain a bit too but nothing nothing major
0: yeah i went golfing on sunday and it, it was terrible like the weather was nice but my play was terrible So just getting warmed up for the tourney, bud. Yeah. (laughs) But uh yeah, so as we were just saying, the last week of moves within the NHL has been pretty crazy, but uh we're gonna start off with some kinda with some news amongst the NHL. Uh just as of pretty much like today is when it really kinda popped off for yesterday. Uh, Evander Kane is under investigation for gambling on his own games and throwing games to get out of debt. Uh, his wife or pending ex wife basically snitched on him over Instagram, saying like telling Gary Bettman to get his ass in gear and watch over players gambling, and then kind of hinted towards Kane. This is pretty wild, but uh, what are your thoughts on it?
1: yeah it's it's hard to kind of decipher what's really going on and like you just think like oh is this just a bitter ex-wife trying to sue her van or even more that's
0: what I that's what i'm thinking is like she might just like kind of pull reasons out of her ass and maybe get like custody of the kids and shit like that and yeah but
1: and then, like, didn't he file, already file for bankruptcy, like, before the start of the year anyways? Yeah. Like, he already knew, like, he was in a tough place. And then um, probably, yeah, it probably wasn't a very, like, mutual or friendly divorce or separation. So,
0: Yeah, I really want to, like, be on Kane's side because it's kind of hard to say that he was throwing games when he had, like, one of his better careers on San Jose. Like, he actually played well last season. So it's kind of hard to say that he was throwing them when he was actually producing at, like, a half point per game clip. So it's, like, it's kind of tough. But also it's, like, it's easy. He's, like, kind of pinning a target on himself right now when he did file for bankruptcy. So now he's, like, everyone knows that he's already in a tough place money-wise. So hearing that he was throwing games on purpose to win himself some money wouldn't really, like, surprise me in a sense.
1: Yeah, i get get what you're saying there. But like when I think about it, I was like, how hard is it to like throw a hockey game man? Like it's not like basketball where guys are on the floor for like pretty much the whole game. Like hockey you get like what 30 second to a minute shift and then you're off so much of it's like Like, how much of of an impact can you really have? Yeah, how much can you really control to actually throw the game to the point where you're losing it where it's like not so obvious you what pass the puck right to the guy in the slot when you're like clearing the zone. Like,
0: yeah. Cause you can like, say like you're basketball and you're like, say you're Trey young and it's like Trey young over under 22 and a half. You can just like throw a bricks and then just like put up 13 and be like, and then you're just, like winning yourself money like that. Yeah, when it. just
1: people are just going to say, Oh, he had a bad game that day. Like yeah. he wasn't shooting well going on. He was actually missing shots on purpose.
0: But yeah, like you said, hockey's so much harder because you could go out there for 45 seconds and not even touch the puck. You're just skating around as a body. Exactly. It's just so hard to like yeah. throw it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know the whole situation's crazy and yeah, like you said, it's just like kind of like a bitter ex-wife trying to get back at him and they kind of throw him under the bus like even more. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's a wild situation. It's gonna be interesting to see how it turns out. But do you think he's guilty or innocent, or is it? Do you think like if you had to give an early uh, guess on it?
1: I think personally, it's just too like I like I said, too hard to throw a hockey game. Yeah. But like obviously, he was in tough place money wise, and like if you're in a, like addicted to gambling. Sometimes it can get pretty bad for it to the point where you might say, Okay, I might to have to start doing this to make like try and win some money back, right? Yeah. Like they're always chasing their losses, they say. Yeah. So, it's gonna be interesting to see it. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out, right? Like we're obviously gonna find out more coming up here and yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, we'll see. But um moving on, uh the Buffalo and jack eichel dispute continues so it's been kind of rumored amongst this offseason that jack jack eichel is going to get traded there's been teams thrown into the mix like la vegas the rangers minnesota like there's some montreal is even kind of bounced around in there on like because obviously jack eichel's frustrated with how his tenure in buffalo's gone so far so but there's one kind of thing standing in the way is this next surgery that he wants, but Buffalo doesn't want him to have, and it's just like this ongoing thing where they're not, they're disagreeing with each other. But following this Eichel situation, like, have you anticipated a trade to happen by now, or do you think it's going to happen, amongst I obviously? think
1: I kind of thought deep down that it was always going to be kind of a bit slow played because, like, um obviously whoever trades for him is going to have to give up a lot to get him he has a pretty big cap hit behind him right isn't it like nine mil or something like that
0: i think it's around 10 maybe
1: yeah yeah so quite a bit of money there and like what you're going to give up probably two first rounders and a decent prospect to get him at least at least yeah so it really limits the amount of teams that are really going to be going after him and never mind the fact that he does have that injury stuff kind of hanging over his head that nobody really knows how it's going to play out. But at the end of the day, if he really wants to get surgery, I think it should be his choice and he should totally be allowed to get it.
0: Yeah. See, cause have you been kind of following the whole surgery dispute and everything like that?
1: Just mildly. Yeah. Just glimpses here and there.
0: Cause I listened to 31 thoughts, the podcast with Merrick and Friedman and they had on like a doctor that's kind of represented eichel or is like kind of like his one of his opinions in terms of what surgery to get and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it's been like between like a fusion or like an artificial disc and i'm pretty sure the buffalo management wants him to get the fusion but oh I, i see but eichel wants to get the artificial disc and the thing with um the fusion is that it'll be i believe um a few like two to three months till he's like skating again but then it's just a matter of the bones have fused in time so then now if like that doesn't happen then they're in a tough place and then down the road like post career and stuff he's he might have to get more surgeries on it to kind of like maintain it almost in a way and Mm -hmm. then but it's like more of like a assured like higher percentage of like like this has happened before this is a basic surgery all that sorts of stuff but i think what Eichel wants is the artificial disc and that's like a six-week rehab and there's going to be a lot more mobility amongst, like, for Jack. And I think it's just, like, you get it and, like, you're basically done. Like, you don't have to, like, you don't more, have to get another surgery and stuff. But the thing More with, of a long-term thing, yeah, yeah. But the thing with this surgery is that it's never been done before to, like, a player in the NHL. So they don't know how it's going to affect them immediately. Right. So that's why I think Buffalo doesn't want him to get it. But I think Jack Eichel's like, I'm going to be a lot more mobile. I'm going to be better at my craft if I get the surgery. But it's just a matter of like no one's gotten it before. So they don't want him to get it and then be like all screwed up for something. So it's, it's very interesting. Like I side with Eichel on this. I think Buffalo is really like kind of ruining their chances of getting the best value for Eichel. And even like if he doesn't get traded, he can be back playing. If he just gets the artificial disc, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's such a weird dispute and I haven't really seen this happen before.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, it is kind of weird. It's like normally just team doctors and the player normally agree upon something. And then the, the players put their trust in the team doctors, right? Yeah. But so if it, he's getting outside opinions that say something else, then... Fuck, why not just let him do what he wants
0: to do? Yeah, and you've heard him in, like, media conferences. It's like, why haven't you done this if this is what you want? And he's like, well, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately, because my contract says so and shit like that. So literally, Buffalo, I think it's written in the contract that they have final say to whatever he does. So it's kind of bullshit that way, where it's like, even if Jack wants this certain thing, Buffalo is not going to allow him to do it if they don't think it's best, which is so, like...
1: Doesn't, treating them like an asset and not even yeah, a human being.
0: Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. But I don't know. Like with the way modern medicine is, I trust a lot of different surgeries to happen like A okay. Just the way like it's just at such a high level nowadays. Like there's oh, very yeah. very rarely things go wrong. So I don't know yeah. why Buffalo doesn't just say like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like it makes most sense, right? What is
1: Buffalo want to do the other one because he's like heals faster too, right? Is that yeah, another thing.
0: Like the artificial disc replacement that Eichel wants, he's going to be back
1: on the ice sooner than the fusion. Oh, really? I thought it was yeah. the other way around. So yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, with the, you, disc.
0: the fusion is like a three month rehab, but like the artificial disc is like a six week, so it's mm-hmm. like a month and a half.
1: They're just more nervous about it never being done to another player.
0: Yeah, like yeah. Jack Eichel would be the first player to ever get it, so that's why I think it's like playing into Buffalo's heads, where it's like if something goes wrong, then. But
1: we're screwed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, he doesn't want to fucking be there anyway. And I've heard that
1: yeah.
0: teams like Minnesota, who are want to trade him, they give Jack freedom, complete freedom of doing whatever he wants to do.
1: So just trade him before he even gets the surgery, then.
0: It it literally doesn't have does, to worry about it but then but buffalo's asking price is way too high so it's like buffalo's digging themselves into a hole that they're just not going to be able to get out of classic
1: buffalo (laughs) like this
0: team's not going to improve for like 20 years (laughs) Like, like they're they're literally a shit show but yeah that's kind of all i have that's like my two cents on either situation but do you have anything to add in or should we get to some free agent frenzy and trade talks amongst the nhl teams
1: yeah let's move on to that stuff that's the good stuff
0: fucking right so that's why i got you on here buddy but
1: <laughs>
0: yeah so um we'll start in the pacific and we'll kind of move in alphabetical order but i'll kind of let you start off every team and then give my two cents after but we'll start off with anaheim and kind of what did you like from the anaheim and what they got they um they uh, didn't really do much, but they brought back their captain and stuff like that. But what's your opinions
1: on what Anaheim did? Mm, yeah, they didn't really make too many splashes, right? Yeah. Just kind yeah. of like small moves here and there. But um, I did like their draft, though. That, what, what's that guy's name they drafted? Um, third overall, right? Yeah. I've, I'm just looking here.
0: Yeah, I uh, I forgot the name, but uh, let me search it up real quick uh 2021 hl
1: draft mctavish 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 yeah that's it yeah 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 just a big boy i really like that pick (laughs) um played pro in europe this past year yeah so he's already kind of like that pick but yeah
0: playing against like playing against grown men and stuff like that and like kind of was already built up
1: the yeah. stature exactly. playing against
0: pros, yeah. Yeah. I also, uh, I obviously, I just like the move bringing Getzlaff back. I think Anaheim's kind of in a position where that veteran presence can really help grow their young core. And especially with Zegers coming in, he'll probably be playing a full year up in the pros. And then Brogan Rafferty, they bring him from, the Canucks didn't like qualify him, and they signed him to one year, just 750K. I think I could really just help them just like add them to their young guys. If it works out, then it works out. But if it doesn't, then like, it's not a huge deal to move on. But yeah, Anaheim didn't really make a huge splash, but um, it's not really any need to, they're not really in a,
1: no, huge... they're not, they're not in a win now mode. So they're just kind of like save cows face. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: We'll let things kind of, that Drysdale guy.
1: He's a, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Driesdale is a nasty dude. So it's, it...
1: yeah, he's gonna be a good player.
0: Hundred percent. Moving on to Alberta, the Calgary Flames. I'll uh, rattle off some trades that they make. They got Pitlick from Seattle for a twenty twenty two fourth. They got bigger on D with Zadora from Chicago for a third and Vladar from Boston. They got some young goaltending for twenty twenty two third. And then they just kind of made some depth signings. Uh, Trevor Lewis to a one year eight hundred K and Blake Coleman from Tampa with a big contract. Six years, $29.4 million, just under 5 AAV. What do you like about Criagri and what they did?
1: Um, yeah, they didn't make any two big moves. Like Coleman was kind of their big signing of the offseason, which yeah. I didn't really love anyways. I think that's a bit of an overpayment for kind of what he is. And with his age, 29 years old, right? Like yeah, six more years on that. How's that going to look on the last two years of that contract? Um. I think trading for Zadorov, they're going to like that. Just a big, tough defenseman on the back end, right?
0: Yo, he lays bodies down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a big third boy. On, yeah. Third round pick might be a bit high for what kind of he is too, but like I said, it's gonna, he, he's going to help them at the end of the day.
0: I don't know. A third round pick is something that I don't really mind giving up for a player like Zadorov he's not going to bring you any points but i think every team needs like a solid big body defenseman who's like physical not like tyler myers who just pins you to the glass and then lets you free it's a hooking penalty yeah or a cross-checking <laughs> penalty and then that's yeah. tough zadorov actually is like a guy that's has an intimidation factor to him so i think a third round pick was pretty worth it yeah but Uh, I also like the Vladar pickup from Boston just to kind of add some depth to that goaltending behind Markstrom. Kind of Markstrom can help groom him and build him up. But uh, yeah, I actually didn't mind the Coleman trade. I think the term's a bit long, but I don't mind the uh, salary. I think he can provide some good scoring amongst Calgary's lineup. But I don't know, Calgary's in a weird place to me where it's like they're not contending at all, in my opinion. Like I don't think they're really in that position. They're playoff
1: choke artists. Yeah, right now
0: it's like they're going to be like a wild card team. I think for the next like few years. Like I don't think they're really going to contend in the division. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they're just in a weird spot. But no, we'll see. Excuse me. As a Vancouver fan, I hope Calgary just stinks the season and here on (laughs) out because they frustrate me more than any team. Um, Edmonton the edmonton oilers they uh they acquired warren fogel from carolina for ethan bear which this was a very surprising trade to me and they signed uh they upped Fogle three years uh, eight and a quarter um cody cc four years 13 mil tyson berry three years 15 mil and the big one i think this was probably one of the biggest ones of free agency in general Uh Zach Hyman, seven years, thirty-eight and a half million dollars. What do you like from Edmonton and what they did, or what do you hate from Edmonton? Just what are your two cents on Edmonton in general?
1: I don't like anything that Edmonton did, to be honest. (laughs) I think (laughs) I think Hyman seven year contract for Hyman is kind of insane. I mean, he's a pretty solid player, but like five and a half for seven more years, like I don't know. It's just not great. I do love the trade for Fogle. Kind of get some more forward depth because I think that's where they were lacking. Even though they did lose a shit ton of defensemen this off season. Yeah. But yeah, I just think Edmonton's like you said, another one of those teams that's stuck in limbo, like Cal, like Calgary. But like what they're trying to do is win now with McDavid obviously and Drysaddle.
0: Yeah. Literally, if it wasn't for those guys, if they are like a quarter less skilled than McDavid and Drysaddle, they're not even in fucking playoff discussions. In my yeah. opinion.
1: Like, you know, what, you know what blows my mind too? Like, okay, Nugent got five point one two five a year, and then yeah. they gave Hyman five and a half. You're telling me that Hyman's a better player than Nugent Hopkins?
0: Yeah, I don't get it. No. And and Nugent Hopkins plays a more important position at like center. They're only bumping him out to the yeah. wing because they didn't have any wingers.
1: So it's like, like Nugent- after he saw the Hyman con- Sorry, Jeb, after he saw the Hyman contract, he's probably like what the fuck yeah this is bullshit Probably
0: pissed. <laughs> yeah 100% yeah. no but i also i don't really like the tyson berry signing either i think they like they let what they were lacking was actually defensemen not just like forwards playing d like tyson or like tyson berry like they let go of Adam Larson, who had, like, one of his best seasons of his career. And he was actually, like, one of the better defensive defensemen in the league. And so Edmonton's lacking. But then they just took the guy who had, like, 20 points just dropping it at his blue line and letting McDavid go coast-to-coast. And then he got a second assist off of him. But then he was, yeah. like, a huge liability on defense. So I think Ken Holland just, like, terrible, terrible season. And then they bring in a 38-year-old Duncan Keith at a five-and-a-half cap hit where it's like, I understand you need some veteran presence, but I think that was just like, the fact that you got no salary retained off of that deal was just like, for a Duncan Keith player who's just not the same as he was in 2013, yeah, I don't know. I think Edmonton just didn't capitalize on this offseason very well, and I don't think they really got anywhere, but... No. That's just me. I think I totally agree. For this Zach Hyman contract to like work out, he's gonna have to like never leave McDavid's line. Is that just me?
1: Yeah, C- but is he gonna play with McDavid though? Like, are they gonna split up McDavid and Drysaddle?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's kind of hard to say.
1: Because
0: yeah. who was playing with them before? I don't even know. I don't it's even McDavid? know McDavid. Yeah. Like, McDavid and Dreisaitter
1: were playing together, weren't they? Weren't they playing together?
0: Yeah, I feel like they had this, like, rando on their line, but they don't – it was, like, Cassian or something like that. It was something, like, whack, but – It was
1: Cassian, yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I don't know. This Evan team is just, like, one of the more confusing teams I've seen. And, I don't know, this Cody Cece, four years, 13 mil, that one's kind of, like, okay. Like, I don't know. He's not really anything crazy either. He had a terrible year in Toronto when he was man. on there. He's like he played at yeah. average at most on Pittsburgh, but I don't know like I, I do agree with you though, the Fogle one, I don't mind, but Ethan Bear is actually like he had a lot of potential, but we'll see man like like we've been saying this episode, we'll see how this goes. Uh, moving down to California. Los Angeles, they, signed, they ink Edler to a one year, three and a half. Uh, Philip Deneau, six years, $33 million. And then they made some one year contracts to Athena CU and Lias Anderson. Uh, what do you make of LA's moves and kind of where they're going in their direction?
1: Uh, as a Canucks fan, and I don't understand the Edler signing, I thought he was going to be a free agent for sure. Just. Old guy. I guess they're just trying to do like Edmonton, like add a bit of veteran presence, right, for those young guys in there. Yeah. Um, Deneau, I think that's again another bit of an overpayment. I mean, Deneau's a nice player. He's so, like might be one of the best defensive forwards in the league, right? Yeah. But how much is he really like five and a half? You got to be contributing offensively to be earning five and a half a year.
0: I agree. Like like you said, I like him as a player, but I don't know if he's worth that cap hit mm-hmm. but uh even like the edler one i think you could have got him at like two mil like i like 33 and a half like i don't know if he's really doing much he's just like he just kind of eats ice and maybe runs a power play but he's yeah. kind of past that point anyway. He's like 36 so
1: yeah i mean it's only a one-year deal so it's whatever but yeah good for him for at least signing another deal
0: He's playing in sunny LA. Like you can't really hate that. To like a pretty, I think it's going to be a pretty young, exciting team for LA. And even if they can whip up a package and get Eichel, like I think it could be a possibly fun year for Edler. You're kind of out of the dumps of Vancouver, and you're playing around just like sunny LA and like a more solidified defensive team than Vancouver, (laughs) who had a lot of holes on defense. Yeah. um, Yeah. Well, uh, stay within the state of California, going to San Jose. They didn't necessarily make a huge splash. They're kind of in cap hell with some way overpaid players. But they signed Cogliano to a one-year deal. Benino, kind of locking up that third-line center to a two-year deal. And James Reimer, just a pretty decent piece, in my opinion, to a two-year deal. I like the Reimer signing. I think he was doing pretty He was, like, a pretty solid goalie. He wasn't making any crazy, uh, putting up any crazy stats, but I think it could be a decent piece for San Jose. What are your thoughts on San Jose?
1: Yeah, I mean, San Jose has just been on this, like, steady decline for, like, I feel like the past three, four years now. And I think eventually they're just going to have to blow things up, kind of hit the old restart button.
0: Yeah, I agree, like... They have to... I, I don't know if anyone's taken that Car- Carlson contract.
1: I don't think anyone will touch that.
0: Yeah, that's... So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to like build around a guy who's like... Unfortunately, not the same player. He could be on a contending team, maybe. But at San Jose, they don't really have much going for them. So, it's just kind of hard to tell with them. And hard to know where to rebuild. They just have to like trade... A bunch of people for picks right
1: yeah it's almost like when they lost Thornton, it's almost like they lost their identity
0: it's the yeah team. no i totally agree you with know what that i mean yeah 100 yeah. percent um we'll go to the new expansion team seattle so after acquiring washington goalie vanacek in the expansion draft they then trade him back to washington a second round pick so <laughs> how about that basically washington just gave seattle a second round pick so that they could basically protect vanacek but uh they also they honestly i really kind of i really like what seattle did in terms of ca- utilizing their cap space uh they signed alex wenberg to a three year 13 and mil uh contract Jaden schwartz to a five year 27 and and philip grubauer For six years, $35.5 million. Uh, Your opinion on Seattle and kind of how they utilized their cap space post expansion draft?
1: Yeah, I think they were like, they're not in a win now mode, obviously. Just based off their expansion picks, you could tell that. Yeah. And they didn't take on any big contracts. Um, I guess their biggest contracts were kind of like Alexiak and grubauer right yeah um so i think they're on like kind of a three four year plan
0: and i I think
1: teams i totally agree teams were a lot smarter the second time around with the expansion draft i think more prepared for it kind of and i don't think they're going to be as lucky as kind of vegas was right off the hop
0: yeah i people kind of compared each team after the expansion draft. And I think a lot of people were playing a uh, recency bias because they're looking at a team in Vegas that went to the cup final. And obviously you're going to look and be like, oh, Vegas did it better because they went to the cup final. But if you're looking at it on right. paper, I like Seattle's team way better than Vegas's team. Am I crazy for that? Like, I think, hmm. they, I think they had... Better players, and they had some pretty good prospects on top of that, and their goaltending was decent without the addition of Grubauer. Like Chris Dreger, Vanacek, There's like they're a good like one A one B tandem. They can they're good like in splits. Like you can basically split it right down the middle. Maybe give Dreger like the starting role because you signed him to a better contract. But Vanacek played solid in Washington, and I think like Everly, um. Eberle, Tanev, um, like Giordano, Yanni Gord, Donskoy, like I think those are solid pieces who can put the puck in the net and they got some pretty good young prospects to go with that, like Hayden Fleury and um, Geeky and Susie, stuff like that. So, I don't know, I like what Seattle's been doing and I like the addition of Grubauer to kind of just lock down the last line of defense and even Jaden Schwartz, he's, a pretty good 40 to 50 point guy maybe the term's a bit long but other than that i kind of like what seattle's done
1: yeah it's actually i'm um, because like teams are st- like value cap space so much now unless you're yeah. jim benning and then you just throw it away but uh um yeah i agree with you jeb I, I really like the kind of the they're not really rushing things yeah and they're just gonna kind of let things come to them right exactly and also, Grubauer is a complete idiot for not re signing with Colorado because now he's not gonna have a chance to contend for the cup for a bit less money, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he's I think he took like five hundred thousand dollars more to go to Seattle. Yeah. Than stay in Colorado. Yeah. With like one Which, less year. I don't know. I think Colorado offered him yeah. five by five and a half and he took six by five point nine. So it's like I mean, you got like the extra like Dude, six. you're so still
1: making tons of money. Yeah. Like, do you want to win a Stanley Cup or do you not? Apparently, he doesn't. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I would have stayed with Colorado. I would have took a huge discount just to just just to stay. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I find yeah, it it's kind of crazy to me that players don't do that. But I mean, to each their own. But I don't know. I just find it crazy. But, uh, Vancouver. I wanna take some time to talk about this, but um they acquire a 2022 third round pick from Winnipeg for Nate Schmidt to ultimately just dump that contract. Um it wasn't I liked Schmidt. I think last season was kind of a one off pretty bad year. Like it was he got COVID, he d- didn't really settle in too well to Vancouver. I think if you gave him like another year, he would have played a bit better, but he didn't want to be here, so and we got exactly what we gave up for him in the third round pick. So it's kind of no blood in the end. And we dumped basically $6 million off our books. So I can't be mad at that. And we signed some. Honestly, like I think we did pretty good in terms of free agents. Uh, we locked down the biggest piece we had, RFA Connor Garland, for an absolute bargain. I think this might be one of the better contracts in the league in the coming years. Five years, 24.75, which is about 4.95 a year. Uh, we signed Jaroslav Halak to a one-year, nil and a half. Brandon Sutter, a uh, one-year deal. Tucker Poolman, this wasn't was a head-scratcher in my opinion, but four-year, two-and-a-half mil a year, 10 mil overall. Travis Hamanick, two years, three mil a year. And Luke Shen, uh, two-year, 1.7 mil overall um vancouver was very busy because they also signed some um depth for their farm system trying to beef up that abbotsford team uh what do you make of vancouver's moves and kind of how they attack this offseason and maybe freeing up some space for pd and hughes
1: yeah they i mean they definitely had to do that and i think jim uh Benning did a pretty decent job of it um totally agree with the garland signing right away like when I read that contract, I was pretty happy because I was hearing rumors he was getting maybe closer to six million. And when yeah, he came in under five, I was like, Oh, that's gonna be a great deal. Cause he just is starting to break out right now. He's only yeah. twenty-five. So
0: on a shitty Arizona team last year, he had like thirty-nine points in 49 games. And I'm like, Yeah, that's just like that's all you kind of really need to look at. And he's 25, so he's like he's gonna be hitting his prime in a couple years. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we get we get his we get him in his prime, which is nice. Yeah, and then yeah, they did like Vancouver did, just signed a whole bunch of like a lot of depth players. I feel like, um, yeah, that I didn't even realize Pullman was a free agent when he signed with us, and I I don't know, I haven't seen him play much, so I can't say much about his play personally. But he's like a lot cheaper than Nate Schmidt was, which is nice. Two and a yeah. half right and like nate schmidt wasn't really playing that great here so it's nice it was definitely nice to kind of dump that contract basically we just loaned him for a year
0: yeah exactly because um we also bought out Braden holpe so we got three and eight uh we're saving 3.8 million dollars off of that and like, I do have to say I'm happy with Jim Benning and, like, how he's done it, but it's also, like, he's putting out a fire that he started. Like, he signed Vertan, he signed Holpe, he traded for Schmidt, and it's, like, obviously I'm happy with the Schmidt one because we got what we gave up, like I just said, but, like, we could have saved, a bu- like, some more money by just not signing Holpe, but I don't know, like... And signing Vertan, I think, was a waste of money. Like, I I didn't like that rate right when we he put pen to paper. The Hopi one wasn't so bad. I'm happy we bought him out though. But the Vertana situation was just, I think a waste of time.
1: Well, yeah. If you think about it, like you just said, those, those were his like three big moves left off last off season. And like now there's what's left of it. Just <laughs> more, some more money against the cap.
0: Yeah, exactly. But no, I'm, I'm happy we got Luke Shen back. I I loved him when he was on Vancouver the first time. He was just a hard hitting defensive defenseman that we needed. Like Canucks didn't have a lot of that, and he's like for like 800k a year. Like, oh no, I just like the way he plays. And Travis Hamonic, I mean, he was a good piece. You can maybe like throw him on like he's like a third pairing defenseman, good on the PK, and yeah, I also really like the Halak signing. He's good in a backup role and we got him for a million and a half. So I think it was good signings by Jim Benning. And yeah, I just think he kind of took advantage of desperate players looking for contracts,
1: but maybe he finally learned his lesson and just said, Oh, now I can sign a lack for a million and a half. And yeah. honestly, I think Halak's a better goalie than Holby is. Right yeah,
0: now. I agree. I totally agree. Even
1: though they're both, even though they're both up there in age.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, the Atlantic Division. Um, we'll start off with Boston. They made some moves, and I think they made some moves that really boosted them in terms of favorites amongst teams to win the Cup next year, and I think they're up there for me. Uh, Boston, they signed Mike Riley. They re-signed him to three years, three mil a year. They got four Bert, three mil, three mil a year as well. Uh, Linus Olmark from Buffalo. He had a pretty good season last year on a pretty bad Buffalo team. Four years, five mil a year. Eric Holla, Travis Nosek to two-year deals. And they signed Nick Foligno to a two-year contract just over three and a half a year. But what do you make of Boston's moves and kind of the direction they went? And yeah, just overall.
1: Yeah, so Boston, I think definitely are kind of locking guys down to make that push because obviously all their main guys are in their prime and they're just kind of getting those those more those depth scoring guys and those like depth tough guys and then obviously they they got their guy hall back which is nice obviously he was really happy to sign there he kind of wanted to be there from the beginning right so yeah and they got him at a good price too i think so
0: no, uh, yeah, I think this is a huge offseason for Boston. I think it really uh, made them a lot stronger overall. And I think it could be a very deep playoff run that they made because even, like, the Eric Holland and Travis Nosek signings, like yeah, like, those are just good depth pieces. And if Omar can bring what he did over in Buffalo to Boston, then it could be a really long season for Boston in terms of just making it deep into the playoffs for the Winning another cop in their last bit of their window, but yeah, uh, good on Boston for this off season. Yeah. So now moving on to Buffalo, uh, they literally didn't really do shit. Like they did, like they didn't really lose much. They just lost Linus Omar and free agency, and like some other pieces. But they signed Craig Anderson to a one-year, seven hundred and fifty K contract. So just kind of, we already kind of talked about the Eichel situation and the debacle therein in terms of everything surrounding their organization. But uh, should Buffalo have done more? Should they kind of pursued other free agents, maybe even depth guys? But what are your thoughts on Buffalo? Well, they also,
1: they also traded uh, Reinhardt, too, to Florida, too. Yeah. Got some, got some picks back. And they're obviously, same thing, rebuild mode pretty hilarious that they're going to be going with Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell as their goalies next year which is kind of wild to me
0: wagons wagons
1: (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah they're just in full and rebuild and it's not much to say about them there
0: yeah like you said absolute debacle but I mean the Owen power pick hopefully that kind of helps them but uh the Detroit Red Wings they signed Garnett and Stahl to one-year uh, extensions. They signed P.S. Sutter from the Chicago Blackhawks to a two-year, uh, three-and-a-quarter a year. Um, and they just re-signed Tyler Bertuzzi to a two-year, $9.5 million contract after the absolute steal for Nedeljkovic. Nade- uh, but... Um, give me your two cents on Detroit and what Stevie uh, Stevie Wise is doing to kind of help that team rejuvenate.
1: Musdelkovic was probably the best trade in the offseason, in my opinion, so far.
0: Yeah, I and agree. like
1: so under the radar, like no one talked about it at all,
0: and no one saw it coming.
1: Yeah, guys, a bona fide NHL starter, and they traded like a third rounder for him. Peanuts. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Caroline is thinking there.
0: It absolutely baffled me just how that just happened.
1: Like, I feel like there's something happened internally that maybe he asked for a trade or, like, obviously maybe he didn't get along with someone or disagreed with someone in management. But, yeah, that was kind of weird to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, whatever's stevie Y is going like just keep it up because he's obviously he's bringing that team to like a very prime position to succeed in yeah. the future yeah uh we're going down south we're gonna talk about florida They they just made a couple of depth pieces but they signed they just re-signed brandon montour who they brought over um at the trade deadline from buffalo three years ten and a half mil and Verhage, who had a breakout year last year, they re-signed into a three year twelve and a half million dollar deal. Uh Florida just kind of making some death pieces. They signed um Sam Bennett and after trading for Sam Reinhart. Florida's in a very good position to kind of make a run for this division. And I'm kind of excited with what they're cooking up.
1: Yeah, they're a solid team, man. Like you said, Verhegi earned every penny he got to <clears throat> two. And then uh Sam Bennett, like I f- kind of feel like he just fit a lot better into that team than he did with Calgary. Kind of gives getting get, get more of a chance to play with some some decent talent around him and get back to that kind of offensive like player that he kind of was when he got drafted, right? Cause he's a bit high draft pick and everyone kind of thought he was gonna be that guy. And he kind of transitioned into more of a a grinder kind of wear you down type role. But I think yeah, he's definitely fit in a lot better with uh Florida and then uh obviously they re-up Duclair, too so they they like what they got from him last year so yeah they're they're gonna be a solid team
0: I couldn't agree I couldn't agree more but yeah just great pieces they kind of brought back what they needed to and yeah we'll see what see how they do next season but and one... two
1: solid goalies too yeah uh, right Sp- in...
0: Bobrovsky's a little Yeah, as soon as he signed that that contract, that was the worst contract in the NHL, in my opinion, or at least one of them. As soon as he signed it, as soon as he signed it. But I mean, when he's on top of his game, he's still not even worth ten, in my opinion.
1: No, No, he's not worth the money he's getting, but still a good goalie.
0: Yeah, Montreal. They they actually made some moves in terms of just bringing back players and adding new ones, but. A uh, huge resign in my opinion. Yoel Armia, four-year, 13.6 mil. Uh, Cedric Paquette, they signed him to a one-year, 950K. Uh, they got some goal scoring. They signed Mike Hoffman to a three-year, 13.5 mil. Um, Strengthening up that defense, they got Savard, 14 mil. They got Weidman on a one-year deal. And they just brought back overtime hero against Vegas in game six to a one-year, 2.3 mil deal. Um... Besides the whole Montreal controversy picking uh, Mayu in the draft, what do you think they? Uh, how do you think they attacked the free agency pool and kind of stirring up their team?
1: They didn't make any huge splashes, but like you said, they just kind of signed some solid pieces on some, I think, some really fair, like friend team-friendly contracts, right? Yeah. And they kind of added a bit more depth of what they didn't really have last year when they made their playoff push, obviously it was like that big miracle run they had, but yeah. Um I, I don't know. That run last year was just kind of, like I said, like kind of more like a, a one-off I think. And I don't even like, you never know. Like they might miss playoffs next year, man. It could be one of those yeah. teams kind of like Dallas, right?
0: Yeah. I, I love Montreal to death. I've always, like, I've been a fan of them for a while. They should not have gone to the finals last year. Like I think that's just—I think Carey Price played unstoppable, and they just played very well defensively. I think they could make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going on any sort of run that they did last year. Like it's just not happening.
1: No, but, but they're definitely on the right track. That's for sure.
0: Hundred percent. What kind of breeze over Ottawa as well? They didn't really make any sort of splash. They just signed Del Zotto to a two-year, two mil AAV, four mil overall, but. Yeah, that's kind of it from Ottawa, Tampa Bay. They basically, actually, no, I'm not even going to play down what they did. They got an absolute bargain in signing Braden Point to an eight-year, $76 million deal. I'm pretty sure that came out to about 9.5 AAV. Just They made some depth signings bringing Perry in on a two-year, one-mil AAV contract, but Braden Point... What's your opinions on this contract? And was it an overpayment? Was it an underpayment? Was it just right? Give me your thoughts on it.
1: I think, think it's ex- exactly what he deserves. Like, just a perfect contract. He's earned that $76 million. Um, and now he's going to be in Tampa for a long time, and he's probably happy about it. Like, I
0: think this is probably going to be one of the better contracts in the league. Pretty soon. Like, I think this guy's going to be worth way more than this. Or, not obviously, Mm -hmm. not way more, but I think this, if it wasn't for being in Tampa where the taxes are a little bit less harsh as opposed to other places, like, he could have been in the double digits, in my opinion. Like, he's just brought so much production to that team. And not all of it's just because he's playing with Kucherov and Stammer and players like that. Like, he's been able to he's been able to run lines and like, if you can even say like if it was for Braden point, Kucherov and Stamkos wouldn't have had the seasons they've had. Like Braden Point's just been that good and mm-hmm. he's such a dynamic player and he is so deserving of this contract.
1: Yeah. He's like, he's a, probably the second biggest piece on that team. Maybe actually maybe, maybe third, fourth, but yeah, he's uh He's uh, one of the best
0: players in the league and he earned all that money he got. Yeah, 100%. And the last team of the Atlantic, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Once again, they didn't make any crazy splashes, but I think they got some pretty solid players if health remains intact. But they signed Peter Mrazek to a three-year $11.4 million deal, uh, Nick Ritchie to a two-year $5 million deal, and Andre Cash. This one was an interesting one. Because he's a decent player, but he's, just, just, he's always on the IR with either a concussion or something else. But a one-year mill and a quarter, um, kind of the direction Toronto's going. How did you kind of judge them and gauge their off-season so far?
1: Yeah, they're just kind of adding some depth pieces. Obviously, uh, the, their goalie situation has changed up now, getting Mirazik and stuff and losing Anderson. But, uh, yeah, they're still going to be in the hunt next year and still going to be a solid team.
0: I honestly think the Mirazik Anderson is a kind of a wash. I think Freddie Anderson, yeah, he was playing pretty well, but he was also pretty inconsistent and I think I think Mrazic's kind of just the same as Freddie. So I don't think really any blood was lost there. There's no blood there. The host saying he had a pretty good rookie year. Maybe he can kind of bring that back to a new um uh, new, uh, kind of scenery. His career. Yeah. Yeah. like a change of scenery. Yeah, it's yeah. just a PTO. So if it doesn't work out, they're not losing any money, but I, I really like the Nick Ritchie cause he kind of brings some toughness to that lineup and he's younger. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll just, I, uh, pretty good, uh, pickups for Toronto. Yeah. Over to the Metro. We're going to be starting in Raleigh, Raleigh, Carolina, Raleigh, North <laughs> Carolina. Um, Carolina Hurricanes, they didn't really make any crazy acquisitions besides that Nedeljkovic trade. And there's like a bunch of teams who just made like this first-round pick for next year's second and third, like that kind of thing. I didn't really track those because those don't really matter right now. But they made a bunch of signings. They brought in Ranta, re-signing Martin, uh, bringing in Josh Levo, Ian Cole coming in, um, Brennan Smith from New York bringing some toughness on the blue line signing a veteran presence in Derek Stepon. And the one I really want to talk about is Tony D. Tony D'Angelo comes in on a one-year, $1 million contract after being bought up by New York for a huge scandal he was in last year. Give me your two cents on the D'Angelo signing and just kind of what Carolina's done so far.
1: Yeah, I think obviously that guy needed to just kind of restart his career. And obviously he took a discount to do it, like one year, one mil. Carolina's is not really risking much to sign him. Yeah. Does kind of look bad on their part just because of the whole scandal stuff. But I mean, guys fuck up. they learn their lesson. And then hopefully he can kind of get back to doing his thing on the ice. Right.
0: Yeah. I've, I've just heard a lot of, oh, a yawn. Wow. Um, I've just heard a lot of controversy with like, cause they traded for Ethan bear who's dealt with, like, racism after the Edmonton series, and then D'Angelo, who's been pretty open-mouthed on Twitter about – he said some harsh things. So it's just going to be interesting on, like, what that locker room chemistry is going to be like. It's almost like a Vontez perfect Antonio Brown. It's like – Yeah. perfects the one who basically changed AB's career in terms of what his mind is like. So – We'll see how that is. Maybe they can just be two pros about it and just, like maybe it's not even anything. Maybe it's not even a story, but it's kind of gonna be a interesting clash in terms of personalities in that Carolina locker room. So I hope it's nothing like that's gonna damage them because they're on the right path in terms of fans coming in, like just morale overall uh in the locker room, but we'll see. But he's a he's a decent player. But he just has off-the-ice issues that yeah. kind of sucks. But Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, Lion A picks up his qualifying offer, one year, seven and a half mil. Uh, they re-signed A to two years, three three 3.05. Uh, they traded for and signed Jake Bean from Carolina, three years, seven mil overall. I think that's a really good move for them. Uh, Boone Jenner, four years, 15. And the big one, Zach Rawinski, six years, 57.5 mil. I believe that came out to 9.5, if I'm not mistaken. I could be totally wrong with that. Please forgive me, but big contract. Is this an overpayment for Rawinski, looking at what Makar got and heiskanen got?
1: Yeah. I th- well, I definitely think Makar is a better player, he's younger. I mean, Wurensky's only 24, but still, yeah, I think Makar's a better player. But I think, again, Makar took a bit of a discount to be in Colorado and be in the hunt, right? Um, whereas Wurensky's like, you're in Columbus. It's not the best team. It's not a great market. Um, it's an okay city. Um, but I think he's definitely worth that money, in my opinion
0: yeah i don't know it's it's very hard to kind of judge how a player actually played because of the situation the team's in like seth jones isn't a bad player but he had one of his worst seasons and he got signed to nine and a half mil and they were both on columbus so it's like was it just a bad year or are they just not the players that you kind of drafted them to be but i don't know it's i'm i think it was a bit of an overpayment in my opinion i don't think they should have surpassed nine mil i think like eight and a half was a good number for Warinsky. but i don't know i like honey you said it's like please stay in columbus like we need like i think they had to overpay for him to stay or else he was gone and enough players have walked out of columbus so i think they needed to overpay but in a perfect world i'm i don't think i'm surpassing nine mil but in the end what's 500k to a gm right that's like just give the extra to keep them new jersey they made a huge splash um after um detroit or after carolina got bernier in the nadalkovich trade um bernie was a pending ufa and he signed in new jersey for two years 8.25 and they got the biggest name on the market. They get Dougie Hamilton, seven years, $63 million at a nine million dollar cap hit. This is a huge signing for New Jersey and just their young core. They just got Luke Hughes in the draft. Nico Heeshier, Jack Hughes. Like there's a it's a young team coming up. Ty Smith, Mackenzie Blackwood. I think this is a I, I think this is a good landing spot and a good pickup for New Jersey. I think it was a win win both player and team. Your thoughts?
1: I think it was just surprising to see him sign in New Jersey. Yeah. I kind of figured he might kind of maybe be chasing the cop a bit and want to sign somewhere where that's more of a chance of kind of winning one sooner because he is 28 now, right? Yeah. So seven years, he'll probably be – he might probably finish his career in New Jersey, right? might sign a couple – like one or two-year contract after that. But, yeah, kind of definitely surprised to see him sign in New Jersey but then New Jersey did get him at a great price too which is again surprising.
0: Yeah, I think it was a well-expected number. He's been in Norris conversations the past few years. He's just had he's been hampered by a few injuries here and there. I'm just like I just if the locker room chemistry has been bad like it's been rumored over the past few teams he's been on, then is it going to be tough to move that contract if he wants out, right? like if say some shit goes bad and next thing you know in three years he's on the trading block but now you have to try and move a nine million dollar cap hit. it's just risky trade or signing a guy who's been on that many teams if he's such a good player then why hasn't he been re-signed right and why has he been traded so it's just like it's a high risk high reward right but I mean, if everything goes well, then this I think this is a great signing by New Jersey. And even him, he can just kinda help develop the younger defensemen and they could have a solid back end.
1: Just, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of building from defense out, right? Yeah. And they, like they just drafting Luke yeah. Cruz and stuff like that, right?
0: And they traded for Ryan Graves from Colorado right before the expansion draft and he's one of the better defensive defensemen in the league. Yeah. I mean, they have PK Suban, which is that's kinda tough, but I mean that's gonna be a buyout in a couple of years, I think. Yeah, but. exactly. Um the New York Islanders. Psych. They haven't done shit since uh getting Everly off their books since the expansion draft. They haven't really made a transaction. They probably have just haven't announced it yet. I looked in their transaction list. I could have missed something, but I haven't seen anything. Maybe a few players signed with other teams, but am I missing something, Tanner? Or did I just genuinely not see them make any sort of
1: move? No, no moves. Yeah. Big Lou Lou was quiet on the the trade block (laughs) and signing.
0: Yeah, so Lou Lamorello, he uh, looked at all the beards in the league and you're like, they probably said, if you come here, you're going to have to shave them." They're like, hey, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I I was listening to Elliot Friedman say, like, I, he wouldn't be surprised if he has made a move, but he's just not going to announce it until, like, closer to deadline or something like that. Or, like, they signed and players are just saying no to other offers or whatever still weighing their options kind of thing like that. Like, who knows? But, um, yeah, we'll just move on to the other New York team, the Rangers. They made a big move. They acquired Ryan Reeves from the Vegas Golden Knights for a 2022 third-round pick. And they went on to give him a one-year extension. I believe he's at, like, a three-mil cap hit or something like that, or maybe even less. I'm not too sure what um, number he's at. But they re-signed Ketel um Tenority and nemeth to two and three year deals they are a team that i think they're learning a lot from the tom wilson incident right um they didn't have enough to kind of beef up their team and yeah it's just uh I don't know what else, much else to say. Like they just brought in tougher guys so that they're not getting pushed around as much. Um, What are your thoughts on the Rangers and kind of what they've done?
1: Yeah. And they didn't do much. Obviously they got Barkley Goodrell from the lightning um, quite a bit of length on that contract, but he's going to be a good depth piece for them. And then Reeves obviously brings that toughness that they need in that division, right. To kind of protect their young stars and like Strom and, all those guys so yeah
0: yeah i'm uh i'm excited to see um how this pays off for them but uh, that's the new york rangers next team is the philadelphia flyers they signed the sonk daddy keith yandel to a one-year 900k contract martin jones to a one-year two million dollar contract and nate thompson to a one-year 800k contract after making the ellis trade they're kind of just Kind of some depth pieces in terms on their blue line and goaltending, but your thoughts on Philadelphia?
1: Yeah, well, they kind of made more noise in, with all the trades they did, right? Yeah, kind of dumping Goss spares contract to the Arizona contract eaters. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then uh, got obviously got Ellis, which is a great piece. I think I love Ellis as a player. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, just kind of shorn up their back end, right? Getting in too, which I think they overpaid a bit for aligning Yeah, in I, think they,
0: I think they overpaid quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they definitely got a better team now on their back end, especially the Anns back there, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, their rivals, Pittsburgh, they didn't really do much. I'll be honest. They signed Their biggest ones were, uh, I think, Jake McGinn and uh, Danton Heinen. But Pittsburgh, honestly, not really much to touch on. They traded away Jake McCann for a prospect and a pick.
1: Yeah, I don't really do you have anything on Pittsburgh and kinda of what they did? Just talking about that trade more kind of which was kind of a weird trade for Toronto. They kinda of like traded to get him, didn't protect him and lost him, which is weird, right? I, th-
0: I think it's because they decided to protect Justin Hall for some reason. And then, but they wanted to keep Kerfoot, but they needed a different piece. So it's either they keep Jake, they they either keep McCann, and lose Kerfoot, or keep Kerfoot and lose McCann. So it's like I think they, if they didn't acquire McCann, I think Kerfoot would have been gone. And they just, I think they wanted another piece to kind of make it harder on Seattle to like take this player or this player. But I I thought it was kind of weird. It was just like they traded for him and didn't protect him. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But yeah, it's the Toronto way, I guess. But uh, Washington. So once again, after losing Vanna in the expansion draft, they acquired him from Seattle for a second. And the big one is all we really need to touch on. They re-signed the grade eight, Alex Ovechkin. To a five year, forty seven and a half million dollar deal. I think this guy deserves if you I think basically Washington, they're in a position where they can just give him a blank check and he can write down whatever he wants and they'll give it to him. And that's honestly like you could be like, I want ten percent ownership of the team, it'd be like, Okay. <laughs> you sure you don't want fifteen? Like <laughs> But yeah, what are your thoughts on the Ovechkin deal?
1: Yeah, it was kind of like it wasn't really big news just because you, like you said, it's Ovechkin. The guy's going to get whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. But like, obviously, he is pushing towards yeah. that Wayne Gretzky record. That's pretty much, I think, what's on his mind. And obviously, winning the Stanley Cup again, too. But
0: no, nah, I think like this guy's been through so much. He's been through two COVID shortened seasons and two lockouts, and he's still on pace to break his record. So it's this guy's an absolute species. And I'm excited to see what he does in the coming years uh the last but not least the central division so arizona has been the team that's just been eating everyone's contracts and they uh they trade darcy kemper and they receive uh 2022 first uh 2024 conditional third and uh i think Connor Timmins, good young defenseman and they signed his to a one-year 1.1 Carter Hutton to a 750K contract, not much. But Arizona, they're just the dumping grounds for contracts and stuff like that. It's nothing crazy, but, yeah, I don't know. Not really much to say about Arizona.
1: Yeah, they just – yeah, they've just been racking up draft picks, and that's pretty much all they can do at this point, right? Full-on full, full on rebuild. Yeah,
0: so we'll um, bump over to Chicago. They signed Adam Gaudet to a one-year, $97,000 contract. Um, Yuhar Kara from Edmonton, two-year, just short of $2 million overall. And they acquired Tyler Johnson and a 2023 second-round pick from Tampa for Brent Seabrook's contract. <laughs> really just a money dump for Tampa. But... Yeah, I don't know. I think the Tyler Johnson pickup is good for them. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, adds a bit more of that depth scoring for them. And then, uh, yeah, they didn't make too many splashes. Obviously, their big splash was getting Seth Jones. And I don't know, I kind of feel like he wanted to be there because his brother was there too, right? Yeah. Jones?
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that.
1: But, yeah, this is kind of a team that, like, Okay, you got how much money tied up in Taze, Kane, and Jones now, right? Like almost 30 mil.
0: Yeah, it's not really good asset management. A a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, it's it's a they put themselves in a pickle. But yeah, we'll see kind of how they attack it overall. But moving on to Colorado. They, uh, after losing uh, Grubauer to Seattle, they acquired Darcy Kemper from Arizona. Uh, They signed Landeskog to an eight-year, $56 million deal. Huge sign for Colorado. And I think it was something that kind of needed to be done. I think they were hoping to bring back both Grubauer and Landeskog, but obviously it didn't work out that way. Who would you have rather uh, targeted? Grubauer or Landeskog.
1: Uh Definitely Lanneskog. Lanneskog is like the heartbeat of that team, I feel like, right? And I think that Grubauer is a great goalie, but I think um, Sack had a plan deep down if they didn't get Grubauer back.
0: Yeah, I, um, I think... That and
1: obviously he did, come and kind of recover from not getting Grubauer back, right? Yeah, I think like
0: the I don't know if they didn't get Kemper, then I think it would have been tough losing Grubauer, in my opinion. But it kind of Kemper's almost like just maybe a tier lower than Grubauer, maybe even almost on the same level if he can stay healthy, but. I think they got Landeskog at a good number, 7 mil a year. So I think it was good bringing Kemper, uh, Landeskog in at that deal and Kemper over from Arizona because they needed a goalie. They
1: needed a goalie.
0: Oh, they big had, time, yeah. Yeah. They couldn't go into yeah. the season with
1: the backup of Grubauer. My brother is an a fan. He was, like, pretty nervous when Grubauer didn't sign with Colorado because, they're like, obviously you need a good goalie to make a Stanley Cup run and All the goalies were getting signed, like Allmark got signed and all those guys. And then they're like, okay, who's left? Literally no one. So obviously, (laughs) they're going to have to make a trade. Yeah. And Kemper's probably the happiest guy ever to be going to Colorado now. Oh, 100%. Has to be. Has to be.
0: Yeah. No doubt. Um, Dallas, they signed Ryan Suter after he was bought out. Um, from Minnesota. They signed him to a four-year, $14.6 million deal, and they signed Braden Holby to a one-year, $2 million deal. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a Holby to kind of run a tandem with Hudobin, and I think Souders is still a solid piece despite his age. I think he he was really upset he got bought out. The hockey world was kind of surprised he got bought out. But I think good signings overall for Dallas. They got Holby at a good number, in my opinion and so he was just a good solid piece for their team.
1: And they locked up in too. into their young yeah. defense from there on a great, pretty good price, 8.45. <clears throat> 8.45, so yeah, I think that's
0: going to be one of the bigger bargains in the league in the coming years.
1: Yeah. And then again, like it still blows my mind that Hopey signed for more than a lot. Still got 2 million on Dallas.
0: Yeah. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> Maybe we're has- biased cuz we watched him all last year
0: yeah (laughs) i think he couldn't stop a beach ball for a stretch of games uh minnesota they kind of just make depth pieces uh to a one-year five million dollar deal kulakov merrill they signed to one and two-year deals minnesota's just kind of in a position where they're saving space to maybe lock up uh, kaprazov and this is a team that's kind of heading in the right direction, in my opinion, and I'm kind of excited to see where they go in the next few years. But what are your thoughts on Minnesota?
1: Yeah, I think they kind of are starting to develop that identity that they didn't have before. And I think Kaprizov was a big part of it. Yeah. Um. Pretty positive he's going to resign there, too. I think he likes it there. Um He seems happy there. And, yeah, they're definitely – Heading in the right direction, and they're just a fucking hard team to play against, right? They play For that sure. super defensive style and just wear you down.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. But yeah, because they were like six points away from winning the President's Trophy.
1: Yeah. Like it's they weren't,
0: crazy. like they had a good year last year. And it's just tough to see him go out in the first round because they gave Vegas a very tough series going seven taking the game one. So I think yeah. there's no, I think Minnesota has to be an excited fan base just to kind of see what they got, but hopefully they can bring back Fiala and Kaprizov at, and just like kind of start heading towards contending. Cause I don't think they're yeah. far away from that Nashville. They bring back Michael Granlund at four year, five and a half, five million a half, $5 million a year. And they signed David Riddick to kind of back up UC Soros at a one-year mil and a quarter. I think those are pretty good signings. I think Groundlin might be a little bit overpaid in my opinion, but I still think five mil isn't too bad. I think it's like I would have rang him in at like four, four and a half, but five mil isn't like far off from what he's worth to me. So I think just decent signings from Nashville, but I think they really needed to acquire a bit more like Maybe a bit more depth on D behind Ekholm and Yossi because they kind of got rid of Ellis. I mean, they got Phillip Myers, but um, yeah. And maybe some depth scoring, but who knows? Nashville's going to be Nashville. They're going to make the playoffs and be out in the first round probably because they sent <laughs> Duchesne to that awful contract. Yeah. But, I uh Kraken
1: wouldn't even take him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's just, yeah, it's just a bad contract. St. Louis Blues, after trading for Bucinavich, they signed him to a four-year $23.2 million deal. They signed Brandon Saad to a five-year half mil, and Barbashev to a two-year a half million. St. Louis, man, they're coming back. Like, Buchnevich was a great trade for them. They gave up basically pet, like peanuts for him because he was fourth-best scorer on New York, I think, He's a very talented player. Brandon Saad, he lit the lamp in the playoffs. Is St. Louis back? Like, do you think they can crawl back to their Stanley Cup team? Or is any sort of thing holding them back still?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're in a pretty solid division, too. It's just tough for them. They're probably second-best team in that division, I'd say, behind Colorado. Um, They'll be a playoff team for sure. Kind of like... Losing Schwartz, but then they kind of replaced him with Saad. I yeah. feel like those two are pretty similar players, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. so it's kind of a a wash there. But then getting Buchnevich is obviously going to give him a lot more scoring, like up front. He's like a twenty to thirty goal a year guy. So,
0: hundred percent, couldn't agree more. The Winnipeg Jets. Last team that we will cover today, uh, they acquired Brendan Dillon from Washington for two second-round picks in twenty-two and twenty and twenty-three. They also traded for Schmidt, like we said when we covered Vancouver, for a third-round pick, and they bring back Stastny on a one-year, three-point-seven-five million dollars a year. I think, I think Winnipeg kind of attacked what they needed. I think they wanted to know. I think to know would have. I think, done well with what they needed. Uh, But I really like Brendan Dillon as a player. I think he's a solid defenseman that Winnipeg needed. And Schmidt can possibly provide some scoring because he was decent in Vegas, and I just think he had a one-off year in Vancouver. But I don't know. I think Winnipeg did decent. I think it could have done more, but they didn't do awful.
1: Yeah, they didn't really need to make too many good moves. They're a pretty solid team still. Yeah. And I think they like where they're at. They got hella bucks, all the goaltending. So yeah, didn't meet, need to make too many moves, spend too much money. Just need to add maybe a couple, like you said, some depth defensemen. And I think they went out and did that and it worked out great.
0: Yeah. And cause they have like one, of, the, I think one of the more underrated offenses like Kyle Connor, Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler, like they have a good team up front. And, they needed some defensemen to help Morrissey. And I think Schmidt and Dylan can really help with that along with like Dylan DeMello. So I think they're, I think they're pretty good. Then they're going to have a much better season. They're going to be pretty competitive next year. Yeah. Well, Tanner, that pretty much wraps everything up. I have a couple more things. Like what's your favorite sign in and what's your least favorite kind of just overall, like what did you like? What didn't you like? Give me one from each kind of what you had in mind.
1: Um, least favorite signing. Probably just Seth Jones one just because of how much they had to give up to get him. Yeah. I think Columbus kind of won that trade personally. Easily two firsts, a second, and Bachfest. I think
0: that was a great haul for Seth Jones. Yeah,
1: definitely. So, yeah, I think that was probably the worst move for the offseason for me. And then best move. Let's see. You know what? I've kind of off the board but I really like the Ellis trade that yeah. Philly made. I think it didn't get enough attention cuz I think Ellis is a really like solid defenseman and he still brings that offensive presence, right? So yeah, I really like that one.
0: Yeah. I uh I agree. I really like that trade. Uh I have a few signings here but I'll just say one. I really like the Hoffman signing for Montreal. I think they're getting some good scoring, and their power play kind of sucked last year, and I really think that he helps them out on that aspect. And just as a Vancouver boy, I just love the contract we gave Garland. I think we got him at a bargain. I, I was expecting to go over five and a half mil for him, and we got him under five, and I think that's just a steal and if I had to give a least favorite signing, I think it's Tyson Barry to Edmonton because he's uh, I think his stats were pretty inflated playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl on the power play and he's kind of a black hole defensively so I don't know I think it was just a bit of an overpayment and I would have brought back other pieces other than Barry, or gone out and attacked other defensemen other than Barry, uh, then re-signing him but I'm sitting in a chair in my room with bad wi-fi and so i can't really say much <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but, also
1: also dislike the hyman one too now i think about it more too yeah i don't what mind
0: I, the hyman one i just think that the term is just so long
1: and i think they had to do that to kind of get him at the price that they got him at right that was yeah. the whole point of it yeah but it could come back to bite them in the ass down the road. Yeah, he's
0: gonna put up like seventy points next year and just you're gonna have to eat it. So I'm just I'm just gonna cut this clip yeah. and post it. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: boy were we boy were we wrong. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tanner, this was fun, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um yeah, there's just a lot of crazy moves, and this was a this was a fun episode to record, and I appreciate you volunteering this tribute to be the guest for this episode, but uh it's your time to kind of uh plug any social media or anything you're working on for the listeners for the people
1: yeah you guys can follow me on uh uh instagram and twitter just uh it's pretty simple at tanner Ranik, and then uh i'm not in a tiktok game like you young guys anymore so I don't have anything <laughs> on there
0: <laughs> oh
1: man yeah it's uh it's just uh i'm just
0: like posting clips i changed my personal account to left side heavy underscore and just I had no posts on there. I just like watched a bunch of videos, and I was like, maybe I'll start posting here because I see a lot of podcasts posting. So maybe taking a page out of their books. But I uh, plugged all my social media at the beginning of the show, so just rewind it so I don't have to say it again. But intro-outro music is uh, Savage by my guy Tom Ivory and my guy Six Man. Go check out their music, Get Well Soon, Melodies for Remedies, everywhere you get your music tanner once again thank you so much for coming on bro and I look forward to seeing you and talking to you again and as for the listeners we'll see you guys next time I just got to let go when I'm ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friends on there's no need for discussion I just really love how you get low but I'm dipping I'm cutting the shortie and we're being 10 tall I just got
1: to let go come me a bit so pay no cash I won't take no rectals kill it